Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud to get it automatically. If you like the Stitcher app, you can find it there as well. It'd be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review on whatever platform you choose. A little partial to Apple Podcasts, though. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Follow along on Twitter at myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com where you'll find any of the videos we talk about on today's episodes. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you in a timely fashion. Some things to remind you about before we get started. Philly Sketchfest is coming. And quite frankly, it will be here before you know it. You can submit your act by going to myfirstsketch.com slash apply. The submission deadline is March 8th. If you have a short film or video sketch you want to submit to our annual Sketch Comedy Film Festival, head to myfirstsketch.com slash film. And if you want to volunteer and help us out before or during the festival, head to myfirstsketch.com slash volunteer. Also, if you're listening to this podcast and want to try comedy yourself... Might I suggest taking a class with one of the producers of Philly Sketchfest, Kurt Reedy, at Helium Comedy. Go to heliumcomedy.com for more information. The next class starts in February. Today's guest is Julia Schroeder, currently a writer-performer of The Parent Trap, The Lord of the Twins Trilogy, and a member of the Magnet Theater house team, The Perfect Storm. Her first sketch is called Don't Take That Shot. Julia reads the roles of the receptionist and Hank and I read all of the other characters that you'll meet in the waiting area. So let's go to the sketch. In a doctor's office waiting room, receptionist sits at a desk with on one side of the stage, chair set up on the other. Hank sits in one, reading a newspaper. Jim enters, approaches the receptionist. Hello, I'm here to get my flu shot. Great, just sign in here and take a seat in the waiting area and uh, we'll be with you shortly. Jim sits, Hank leans over to Jim. Are you here for a flu shot? Yeah, it's that time of year. You don't want to do that. Sorry? You don't want to get no flu vaccine. Why is that? You haven't heard? Causes loss of appetite. Seriously? Is there evidence? Yeah, there's evidence. Let me tell you something. My brother, he got a flu vaccine last year. A couple weeks later, we went to dinner at Red Lobster. He wasn't even hungry. Oh, no. I got to get out of here. Thanks for letting me know. No problemo. Jim exits hurriedly. Tammy and Bobby enter. Hi, I'm here to get my kid a chicken pox shot. Great. Just sign in here, and you can wait over there in those chairs, and we'll be right with you. Thanks. Tammy and Bobby sit. Hi. Hi there. You here for the chicken pox vaccine? Yeah, he's due for it. Uh, I'm guessing you haven't heard the news. What news? Well, it's all over. Chicken pox vaccine causes bunions. Bunions? Yeah, those bumps on your feet. Nasty. My grandma got the chicken pox vaccine when she was his age. She got bunions now. Mommy, I don't want bumps on my feet. We have a high susceptibility for chicken pots in this family. I think he should get the shot. Ma'am, when's the last time you saw anyone with chicken pox? 
Well, I guess the last time was when I was a kid. Case in point, exhibit A, done. Trust me, I've read the articles. Okay, Bobby, let's get out of here. Tammy and Bobby exit. Jonathan enters. Hi, I'm here for my hepatitis shots. Great. Sign in and wait over there and we'll be right with you. Jonathan sits down. At the A or B. Both, I think. Uh-oh. What? Well, do you go on Facebook? What? Ugh. Everybody's talking about it. Hep A gave my cousin Gary low credit score. Hep B gave my other cousin Randy a flat tire on his truck. And my cousin Eileen, she got both shots at the same time. You know what happened to her? What? She got knocked up. What? I thought hepatitis had to do with the liver. Hey, I'm just saying the facts. I gotta go. See you. Jonathan exits. Oliver enters. Hello there. I'm here for my polio shot. Great. Go ahead and sign in and uh, take a seat in the waiting area. Hey, uh, before you sit down, I, I'm going to tell you, you don't want to get that shot. Oliver sits down. Hello, sir. I said you don't want to get that vaccine. Why not? I don't want to get polio. Oh, no. You don't want what that vaccine causes. What does it cause? You haven't heard? Oh, boy. Well, first of all, it causes divorce. You stop paying your mortgage on your car, you get several parking tickets in the DUI, your kid will start hating you, and you move in with his mom, stepdad, and your candle-making business goes straight under. And trust me, it happened to my cousin Marty. I wouldn't mess with that shot. That's a shame. I think I'm going to be fine, though. I'm not married, I ride my bike, and I don't have any children. And I work for Ford. Huh. So what are you here for? The doctor enters through the curtains. Hank. Hank? What's the word, Doc? Hank, uh, come on back. Uh, looks like you've got chicken pox, polio, hepatitis A and B, and uh, the flu. Damn it! Good luck. And lights. Hey, Julia. Hello. So tell me about this sketch. Clearly you are anti, you're an anti-vaxxer, clearly. <laughs> Don't ever get those. I mean, yeah, it just causes the worst, the worst thing. Me and Jenny McCarthy, we really, uh, we really took the world by storm. No, you know what's so funny? I, the, this sketch, it was like going on around the same time all the anti-vax stuff was happening. And I was in public health school at the time. And so, of course, I'm like, I'm going to make comedy out of this. And then this sketch happened. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it is comedy. Like, it is. It sure is. Uh, so, and was it performed? I don't think so, no. It was, it no, was, you never... no, it was like truly, I think like, there might've been one sketch before this I wrote, but it was like, this was like my very first actual sketch. And it was written for a class you said? Yeah. Uh, so tell me about the class. What what was the what what were you doing? So I um, am from Michigan, Detroit area. Okay. And uh, so I started taking improv classes in 2013 um, at Go Comedy Improv Theater, and uh, then 
a year in, probably like a year after I started taking improv classes, uh, they started offering sketch classes, sketch writing. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to take that. And then so I did. So this would have been like September of 2014, I think. Um, and yeah, it was the best. It was like a year long program, like four different classes, four different, yeah, four different classes. And then um, we put up a show at the end and like got to cast the show and uh, it was a real, a real hit. And that started my sketch career. <laughs> nice. So, so their program, like you did four different classes throughout the year and it called me like, yep, exactly. Were, like what was the, were the people in the class the same for all four? Like, did you basically take the same, the class with everyone? Like that is a the same people great through? question. It pretty much was the same people. And then we lot, we would like, you know, some people would drop off. Um, mm. But yeah, each previous class was like a prereq for the last class. And um, yeah, I think like the expectation was, yeah, continue taking these classes. And then like, this is the group you'll produce a show with. Um, and they had like run, so like the the program is built around like the second city um curriculum because there mm. used to be a second city in Detroit and kind of like uh all those guys once second city closed down a couple different theaters opened up and like this one yeah so their like sketch curriculum is sort of based off the second city curriculum um where was I going with that is the question. <laughs> uh, well, with Oh, they used to so, run, okay, so they, you... they, they used to have like sketch classes before I even started, took a break. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I started offering them like once I was a year into, so it had been a while. So we were kind of the first mm-hmm. class in a while to like start the new sketch program. And you mentioned that it, it was like based from the second city. Uh, so was it improv based writing? Um, not really no it was a lot so it was kind of like here's our um like oh my god are they gonna get mad at me am i like am i like screwing this up no it was like um basically it was like any kind of sketch class here's like the introduction to like Mm. here's what um types of sketches there are here's how you can start writing a sketch um this week your assignment is a parody sketch this week. Your assignment is a taboo sketch. And so like we do one exercises, uh, one exercise in class, read our sketches from last week and then talk about what the next week was. And that was kind of like intro, intro to sketch. And then after that, I don't know what we did. So how did that first show go? Honestly, it was a blast. It was like, pretty good for a student sketch show um and like our our we had a pretty decent class of writers um and i still like know all those guys and and they're still all doing stuff and um we had a good like cast of actors as well like i think because it was the first sketch show student sketch show in a while we kind of got like a ton of people to audition for it um, and we got to kind of like, you know, it was like the top, top students who weren't mm. like, you know, um, main stage performers, uh, to like be in the show. I remember my sketch from it though, like, cause he kind of picked like who everybody got a sketch in 
Yeah. And, you know, we kind of had to like vary it up. We can't have all the same types of sketches and blah, blah, blah. And I remember my sketch from Taboo Week got in and it was like, yeah, honestly, it would never fly now. It was, it was honestly, I think about it and I cringe. But they, I mean, it wasn't like terrible, but it was, um, it was when around the time when all the Urban Outfitters like t-shirts were coming out that were just like super offensive and it just kind of like kept happening and i wrote this like truly brilliant sketch about how um it was like an urban outfitters creative pitch meeting for like new shirts and it was just all these like just straight up offensive shirt ideas and um (laughs) and uh it was there wasn't really like commentary on it it was just that it was, it just what the pitches. Right. It was like, oh yeah, boy. The, I mean, you mentioned having your, like, writing a taboo sketch for that class. And, like, that has to be awkward to have that sketch be the one that's in the show surrounded by not taboo, like, <laughs> totally. Like, weirdness to it. Like, it must be a really odd, like, change in tone to me. Totally. I mean, it, it honestly, like, at the time it was like fine it wasn't terrible um but like looking back on it 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 just was like to have a student like a student who hasn't been doing much sketch like write a taboo sketch you're gonna get like this might this might be just straight up offensive and I think like it parts of it were funny it Hmm. wasn't like Everybody was like, uh, what is going on? What is this sketch? Um, but like, especially looking back on it now, I mean, it, <laughs> it was just like, oh no, I don't know. And, <laughs> and it's interesting, like, I've never heard of a sketch uh, curriculum that had a, like, a taboo week. Um, like the ones in Philadelphia that I've, I, I know about <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but... I'm always curious because I always feel when I talk to like the instructors of the various theaters here in Philadelphia, there's always one student that is always offensive. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the class, like there always will be for sure. I mean, you don't need to have a taboo week to like, and I love hearing those stories. I love hearing the awful stuff that they bring in. Like I want to read them all and just be like, Oh wow. This is, wow how did you think this was okay yes and you realize but i mean that is kind of like the best i mean this is probably like partly why they did it because to have to actually have a week where people are bringing in those sketches you kind of learn the line like or ideally i mean in our our like sketch our teacher was was great um but you kind of have to like learn the line of like if i have an idea that's that's taboo where, what is the line? Where is the, where is the offensive line? And I think it will be like different for everybody, but you do have to like, I think it is important to teach a, a group of students who are just starting to write. Like you might think something that's like offensive is funny, but you got to know like that either like one, you have to understand that that's not funny or two, here's the line. Like this might be crossing it. And, um, uh, here's how you can kind of change it to actually make it. And, and I don't think like all taboo sketches are, um, 
are offense or like have to be necessarily offensive. Like you could have like social taboo and, and different stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was like a lot of it. But I know that mine was like, it like bordered. <laughs> the- <laughs> and I think it's also like, now that you're mentioning it, I really think it's a good exercise in teaching students like about context and framing yes. and getting that part correctly. Because like, I know I've written stuff where I'm seeing things a certain way, but no one else is seeing it that way. And if I don't help you into that vision, you're going to see a complete, like, yeah, it's going to be a completely different experience for you. Yeah, totally. And I do also think that's true because there was also a satire week. And I think my sketch kind of bordered on satire as well. But it's also mm-hmm. learning, like, that, yeah, it needs to have that commentary as well. Like, you need to be making a point to say, like, if you're going to say just something offensive, it can't just be yeah. for, for uh, like, a gratuitous kind of like to say something offensive like it has to it has to have a message it has to like mean something um and like pay off in some way or like you're kind of showing like the what's like the real point of view here you can't have like the <laughs> that person mm-hmm. win uh yeah um, but yeah you can't be the hero at the end <laughs> yeah exactly all right uh so uh what were you into growing up what what made you laugh what was your like comedy fandom as a uh, you know in your kid and teen years yeah um so i i loved a lot of different stuff i i kind of like what made me ma- laugh most though was like like my friends and family and stuff like so sure. we we would watch for example we would watch monty python and i thought it was so funny but I didn't understand. I mean, this is like true of a lot of things in my childhood. I like never understood jokes. I like mm. always asked like, what, like, why is that funny? Like, <laughs> even if it was like, not even, I just like had to know why I was laughing because I don't know. I feel like I just like didn't understand things anyway. Um, so we would like watch Monty Python and, you know, I would think like, I would laugh at the way they were talking and like, uh, you know, it's a lot of physical comedy. And I thought that was like, great. Like in, um, flying circus, like the silly walks for sure. So funny. Um, and then in like, uh, Holy grail, I, uh, you know, the coconuts and like, they're not on a horse, but I would like still have to be like, am I laughing for the right reason? Like if other (laughs) people were laughing, I'd be like, is, am I, like, is this why I'm laughing too? <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so loved, like, any kind of goofy comedy. Um, and then, of course, watched, like, all that, Keenan and Cal. Loved. Um, started getting into Saturday Night Live in, like, middle school. And, of course, loved. That's about loved right that. time-wise. Yeah, I think so. It was like right in the right era too. I ask everybody. I'm always curious. Do you have a, a, a favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Yes, this is such a tough question, but it has to be Kristen Wiig. And yeah, yeah, I just like I love a character actor, and there I think like you know a lot of people would agree with me. So I know I'm not like saying anything groundbreaking, but she's just she's something else. Like, uh, she has that kind of like x factor that like you can't you can't teach it she's just yeah. so everything she does is um 
any any facial expression, any like noise she makes, anything can make me laugh. Um, and of course, like Tina, Amy, Maya, Kate McKinnon, all those guys are um, also heroes. But I think there's something about Kristen Wiig that is untouchable. Yeah, uh, Kristen just has that versatility that yes. like is just unparalleled yes well maybe not unparalleled because there's been tons of people that have been able to do it as well but she's been so great yeah she's also a very good actor and i think like my favorite my favorite um comedians are also great actors Mm. um not to say that like all those other people i mentioned aren't um but i think there's like this level of commitment that sometimes like you can be a great, um, you can be very funny and what you're doing is of course very funny, but if you're not like fully in it and like with like that, that with, if you're not like a really great actor, sometimes it can be like, you're, you're trying to be funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I forget who says it. I'm sure it's a, a common thing within the acting world, but it's much easier for a comedic actor to be dramatic than it is for a dramatic actor to get into comedy like oh. and do it well. Totally. I, yeah, it's so, so true. It's so true. So take that, dramatic actor. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> uh, what gets you to the point of wanting to sign up for improv classes in Detroit? Um, so it was actually a combination of things. I think I always liked, I always liked comedy. Um, and I always like, I loved laughing. I loved, um, like attention. (laughs) Um, I was a dancer, so I like had a performing bug. Um, and I played a bunch of sports and I feel like that was kind of like, uh, where I laughed the most and like had, um, it was kind of. Yeah, like we would do bits before we knew what bits were. And I just like loved, it was just like we were all on the same page and could, like it could be that cla- like that class clown energy would kind of come out on these teams. I don't know what it was about, um, especially my soccer teams. I just was like, I would laugh so hard. Um, but so once I played uh, college soccer, So sports throughout college. And once college ended, I, it was like this void in my life where like I had played sports since I could ever remember. Um, And so it's like, what, what now? It was not only like a, a void of like physical activity and, you know, or like, and, and in my schedule, it was like, I don't think I realized this at the time, but it was a void in like my outlet for um, kind of like performing and, and like mm. being funny and like, uh, yeah, having that group to laugh with. So I had a, I took a gap year after um, undergrad finished to, I knew that I wanted to go to grad school and I knew that I wanted to, um, apply to public health schools for grad school. So I took a year to like, uh, study for the GRE, take the GRE, apply, apply to grad schools. And in that year I was kind of, I was like living at home, um, kind of like working a few different jobs, internships, doing 
whatever to like prep for the next year and just kind of like fell into like a weird energy. I was like not happy and like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a, it was a weird time in uh, my life. And I was just kind of like trying to find myself uh, without sports. Um, Mm. And I started getting into like podcasts and stuff like, and also like Twitter that kind of like opened up my world too. Like I started, I like followed a bunch of comedians and I was like, Oh my God, there's like this little, this is like very funny. It's like medium of like joke writing. And so I started to like get to know different types of comedians, started watching stand up more um, and started listening to comedy bang bang and uh, like fell in love with Chelsea Peretti and her podcast. And I was like, Oh my God, people kind of like talk about doing improv and whatever. And, then like the final straw, someone, some like Facebook acquaintance, I don't think I've ever even talked to this person, <laughs> like posted that they, they like checked in at Go Comedy Improv Theater. I'd never heard of it before. It was like a few cities over still in Metro Detroit, but um, I had never, I didn't even know if I'd ever like been to Ferndale, which is like the city that it was in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, there's like a, an improv theater. So I kind of like checked it out and looked at the website and it like spoke to me. (laughs) They were like, if you, Mm. if you are like, you know, always wanted, if you're like into comedy and you like want a group that is safe space to like, you know, connect with people and you're like a class clown or funny and you're up, whatever they said, this is like such terrible promo. Go look at their website. I don't know. But um, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is me. Um, but I was also, it was like summer of, um, like 2013. So I was just about to start grad school. I like gotten in and was like, you know, the month before I was like prepping to move and, um, whatever. And so it was, would it be, it would be like weird timing to like start an improv class. Uh, and my parents were kind of like, do you really, you really want to do this? (laughs) Like, Maybe you should just focus on grad school and whatever. I was like, I'm just going to take one class um, and see. And then I'll kind of focus on grad school and whatever. And then after that class was done, I was like, oh, shit. I think I need to continue. And so I just did. And I never stopped. Yeah, there's two things about that story that, like, I I think are very uh, universal for the most part for with people that pursue comedy is that one when i grew up like i i wanted to pursue comedy but i didn't really think i could because i thought it would have to involve me moving to la or chicago or new york because i knew that there were theaters there i didn't realize and it wasn't until i was like in my mid-20s that i found out about a theater in philadelphia so there's that revelation of like oh there's there's something stuff happening here yes there are people around me who are like interested in the same thing and like a place to a place to do it where i am yeah, it's uh, totally. And then secondly, it would be that parents don't generally understand that just because you take an improv class doesn't mean that you're giving up on everything else in your life. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like, and then I ended up moving to New York to <laughs> focus on comedy. But I Okay, that was that was a future question, so yeah. <laughs> um yeah, exactly. I mean, they truly liked it. yeah, they they were like they also also like my brother is 2 years older than me. And um he is like one of the funniest people I know. He's so smart. He's so, he's so funny. Um, he, he's like very good at impressions and just has always been like very witty and funny. And like, 
my honestly, my parents were like, I we think Ben's the funny one. I don't <laughs> I wasn't very like oh I think as a kid I was like a goofball and I and I would like, you know, do funny things. But I think like I absolutely went through the phase where I'm like, I'm I can't be funny in front of my parents. Like they don't get it. Like whatever. Yeah. Um and then I just kind of like never I yeah, I don't think they knew that there was this side of me or at least like to this extent so they were kind of like well you know julia loves everything she like you know asked for a horse for uh first like 15 years of her life and you know this kind of just passes (laughs) um but then yeah i think they eventually realized like wow she's kind of uh she's sticking with it uh how long after your time in, in detroit do you move to new york um so i moved it would have been last June, so June of 2017. Um, so it was like four. You spent a decent amount of time yeah. still. Like you didn't just immediately pack up and go. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I um, grad school was a two-year program. Uh, I went to public health school at U of M. Uh, so I was close by and could kind of like commute all over, still do everything I wanted to do, and then started mm-hmm. working after that um, in Detroit. Um, and you know, improv, you can do, like, you can do it improv and sketch really. You can do at night and you can have a day job and it's easy to, you know, it's possible to have a different life and, and also do comedy. It's actually necessary, uh, especially if you're not in generally LA, um, you gotta make money. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a while before I moved, yeah. Uh, did, while in Detroit, were you, I mean, you did the class and you did the, the show at the end of that term. Uh, did you have a team in, in Detroit that you were consistently on? So I did, um, I didn't have a sketch team that I was on. I did a bunch of like shows with groups. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I had like several improv teams. And then, um, so after that, like, sketch writing class was done and that show happened. I, I think the next thing I, um, was in a student sketch show. And then, um, I was also in a couple one act plays there. Um, and then I kind of found, you know, we, we found the, um, improv group that, uh, kind of was our like best group of friends and, and we did everything together. Um, we were called we're classified Pluto, um, and we still uh, perform when we all come back to Detroit. But um, nice. So we actually our first like foray into writing was um, we actually like won an improv competition at Planet Ant, um, which is the one of the main theaters in Detroit area, and okay. um, the like you you it's a yearly competition and the winners write a, um, write a show. Um, and so that was actually, it wasn't even a sketch show. It was a one act show, but it was like the best time of our lives. And we went on to like, kind of do, um, we did a bunch of, um, we would like to write sketches together, that group. And, um, we did like 24 hour sketches, which kind of like sketch cram and at UCB. And, um, those were always a blast. And then, um, 
uh, yeah, and then I was also in, um, wrote and performed in the, like, main stage Christmas holiday sketch show uh, the year before I left as well. And that was kind of, like, main thing. Uh, so tell me where uh, the parent trap comes into this. Yes. Um, so this, we started, this idea came in 2015, like, fall of 2015, three years ago. Um and so Nicole, such a gem. Um, so she started taking improv classes at the same time as me. We weren't in the same class. She was like one, one, like she was uh, one level below me mm-hmm. at through classes. So we were never in the same class, but of course we like knew each other and and whatever. Um, and we got to perform together at different um, times. And the more we got to know each other, we would like we got to we started like talking about our mutual obsession for the parent trap. Um, and we would like quote it. And that was my 100% favorite movie of all time. Um, favorite movie growing up, still like my favorite movie. Of all time. <laughs> How many times have you seen it? Um, you think It's so funny. I used to keep track when I was younger um, at, at this, at this point over 40, uh, because okay. I remember when it first came out, um, I had a VHS tape. I, I saw it at least a, a few times in theaters and um, I had a VHS tape and I would just watch it constantly. And I remember like counting um, and I got up to like 20 times within like the first year or two of having that VHS tape. And it was like a point of pride. I would like tell people like, I, yeah, I've seen it like over 20 times. And um, I remember like, no joke remember like having a dream that I was watching it and I'm like do I think can I count that as one of the times <laughs> like literally insane I wish so badly that I could like be in that movie and like be in that world um but <laughs> yeah so Nicole and I would like always quote it and it kind of actually came about so our director is uh James Quesada and he's um a legend he's also my boyfriend um <laughs> uh, but he coached and also pre- did this in high school like he performed in high school but he it's called forensics um mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if like it's that's the universal term all over because i'll say it i didn't know what it was until um like college uh, but it's basically like a competitive competitive speech and acting um program like in high schools and possibly even later but ba- like there's yeah i think here at least in my experience you know in my high schools it was like uh partnered with debate all the yes. time where like the debate team would do their debates and but on you know in the same school the same like day you had monologues poetry like there were other like ways of like public speaking yes. like competitions that yeah is exactly it so it's yes um so he did that he coached it for very uh good high schools and he was like oh come you should come see you should come see it there's nothing like it um so he like encouraged me to go see i went to like a competition and i saw it was like duo storytelling it was like a storytelling oh my god i'm gonna get this wrong and he's gonna get mad but it, it's also called like multiples so basically what people do is they take like some sort of um whether it's a movie or a book or some sort of story or even like a 
piece of history um, and they would perform it in like a two minute piece. Um, and I remember like one really stuck out to me. I remember a, a duo did um, Beetlejuice and then there was a duo that did um, um, 500 Days of Summer, which I loved so much. Mm-hmm. And it was like, basically they, they took, they like performed the entire movie in like a two, three minute piece. And it like changed my life. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, once we were talking about this, Nicole and I, I was like, you know what? I wonder if there's a way we can like create a show about how much we love the parent trap. And she was like fully in agreement. And so we, of course, went to James because I was like, you know, he coached forensics. I wonder if there's something we can do that's like similar. So he was like, look, if you guys are in, I've 100%. So we started uh, creating the show. I remember, like, we remember the the conversation specifically in the Go Comedy lobby of, like, can we do this? Like, we should, like, try and do this. And then, yeah, we, like, had a whole rehearsal process and, and <laughs> created this show that we still do. So, uh so let's go, let's go back to New York now that you're you've moved to New York to pursue comedy. Yes. Um, what are you doing in New York to to pursue comedy? Like, what what's your first step when you get to New York? Great question. So once I moved, um, I immediately got involved in the uh, Magnet Theater community. Um, yeah. From the Detroit Improv Festival, there were like folks that came in and like. Uh, Rick Andrews and Lewis Kornfeld would come in to they came in like every year for Diff and would like teach workshops and perform and I remember seeing them and like really loved them and took a workshop with uh, Lewis that was like holy shit um, and uh, I also had seen um, a show called The Cast they, had, they saw them at um, Baltimore Improv Festival and um, I was like blown away by that. That was an improvised show. And so I'd like known a few people and I also went to Camp Improv Utopia. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I've heard of, yeah. Yeah. So we went to that and there were a ton of like magnet people there and I was like, you know what? This seems like a really great community and like had, you know, had knew some of these people and uh, just so I started kind of getting involved there and um I knew that I wanted to go through a theater program again. James, I moved with James. um, And he, like, you know, had, at that point, it was like seven or eight years of um, improv. He'd been, you know, done everything he wanted to do in Detroit. He was teaching, coaching, uh, directing, producing shows, uh, performing, and wasn't interested in taking classes here. So he and I... um, he had like a show that he had created in Detroit. He also we also uh, got a cast of people together, and um, he produced that in produced and directed that show in New York. So we were kind of like working on that for a while, um, and then he and I would kind of like write things um, on the side too, like uh, whether it was sketch or working on different packets for things, um, and uh, submitting and. Um, yeah, just kind of like doing whatever we could and um, uh, performing it. We would like perform a lot at People's Improv Theater. It's pretty like, you know, mm-hmm. can jump in on shows, you can produce shows there. It's real easy to do. So we were doing all that kind of stuff. Um, 
uh, just trying to like get a feel for the community and like, uh, you know, network, make friends and, and at the same time, make our own stuff. And um, yeah, that's kind of like where it started. And you went through the whole, like, did you go through the class system at Magnet? I did. Yeah. So I'm actually still in the last um, improv class. I did. I started with musical improv. Um, I had done like a little bit in Detroit and I really loved it. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready to like start back at one for regular improv. Um, you know, going from like, you know, like performing every single night, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. Um, and I was like, I struggle with musical improv. It scares me. I find it very fun. I knew magnets program was like really good. So I started there, took levels one and two, loved it. Uh, and then got a itch to get back to like regular and um, started taking level one regular uh, improv in like November. So it was probably like six or so months after um, moving. So yeah, I'm still. Uh, have have you noticed any major differences between the system, the education system in uh, Detroit versus what you're getting with Magnet now? Yeah, there are a few like key differences for sure. I, one is like Detroit does a lot of short form. Um, that's not like, like their, their weekend shows are, um, generally, uh, short form shows. And, um, but they also do uh, a ton of long form, but I say that to say Mm -hmm. we start with, um, short form in, uh, the intro program, uh, in Detroit and kind of like teach people, teach students improv through short form games. I found that right. to be like very helpful. That's near, neither here nor there. Uh, but we start with that, uh, and then the uh, advanced program is all long form. Um, so that's one like key difference. Starting with like games and stuff, where there's like no short form hardly at all in New York. Um, and then I think like kind of as a result of that, um, and and that's particularly at Go Comedy. I think like. Um, Planet Ant had their own classes as well. And I never took classes at Planet Ant, but I don't know that they quite, like they don't, they don't really do short form there, but they, uh, it's sort of a similar curriculum. Um, maybe a little bit more closer to like, we're, we're getting right into like scene work and, uh, starting with a commando and, um, uh, getting right into it. But I think part of, part of the, like, result of having a big short form community is like there's a lot more like kind of absurd improv like a lot like bigger characters and like people playing like monkeys and like just going for it and like um kind of like a fearlessness with characters almost and that's not to say like I, I find New York to still have like people have some of the best character work I've ever seen. Um, but it's sort of different. There's a lot more like, there's like a groundedness in, in, uh, I was just about to say grounded. Yep. Like the, the Herald almost makes you stay grounded more than oh for sure a, a freedom of another form might do for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think even like in my in my earlier classes at in New York, I realized that like um people kind of had a 
more of a, a, a locked in sense of like what, like acting kind of like people were like mm. New York, like we're, we're but like, but like, I don't want to say it's better acting, <laughs> but like more of a focus on like honest reactions, if that makes sense, even in the lower yeah. levels. And I do think that like some, like the, the, um, Detroit has excellent improv. I think the best of the best like matches with anywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I just like definitely notice even in the lower classes, there's like yeah, there's like more of like a a, um, a tendency and like a, a knack for like a, like honest reactions and acting in the in the New York community. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what else are you doing in New York? Uh, are you pursuing? Like, do you have a sketch team now? Do you? Yeah. Have anything permanent? Yes. That you're so with? I'm on a sketch team now at Magnet called Perfect Storm. We it's a monthly show, okay. um, and it's a new show every okay. month. So um, we're every third Monday of the month, and yeah, okay. so like Mondays are sketch nights for Magnet, and there's like uh, eight different themes. I think that math works out, um, and. Uh, yeah, so two two um two teams per night, and uh, yeah, we're on uh, third Monday of the month. Okay. Yeah, and so that that's been like very fun. Uh, and then I'm I'm also like part of a couple different um improv uh troops and teams and stuff. I also now perform with the cast, which was the um show that I saw in Baltimore that I was uh became obsessed with i performed that's uh every other uh sunday that's a fun story that you see this team at another festival and you move to the city and you get added to it yeah uh it's a great i love it i love it so much um yeah it was really cool because they came they the cast came to detroit the detroit improv festival the next year after i saw them and um they were like missing some people and like some people last minute couldn't come so they kind of reached out to the festival director and um, was like, can you, can you recommend some people to like jump in? And uh, yeah, so that's where I met them. And I was like, yeah, actually I just moved to New York and we became fast friends. Hannah, Hannah Chase is the uh, director of that. And she's just wonderful. Um, and yeah. Now I'm, now I'm on it. It's crazy. Very cool. Um, Very nice. And then I also do story pirates uh, in New York here. What, what is <laughs> story pirates? Story pirates is, oh my gosh, the best thing ever. So basically it's this company that um, takes stories written from elementary school age kids and turns them into sketch comedy and performs them, goes back and performs them at schools. Um, nice. Yeah, and it's they've got a LA branch and a New York branch, and it's sort of like gaining some steam. And I, um, yeah, yeah cool. maybe I hadn't heard that name before, but I've definitely heard of that concept. Yes. Yeah, it's very cool, and some like uh, like big names have been part of Story. That's what it was. Um, uh, like Mark Evan Jackson and like Paul Tompkins, I think did something. Yes. So Mark Evan similar Jackson is in, from like, Detroit. The, right. He, he has, um, oh, what's it called? Is it Detroit? Great. Yes. 
he has some oh project God. that like he the yeah. creativity project yeah huge shout out to they're just doing great work he's always doing like fundraising for um that it's uh, dcp is the is like the coolest thing which is it's, yeah it's basically like free um like a um free improv program for uh inner city schools in in uh detroit proper and it's just that but anyway yes uh so what's something that you would what's a piece of advice that you would give to a new writer a new performer in comedy that's something that you've learned over your time doing this yeah oh my god that you would hand you down what the the best advice of like if you want to be a sketch writer um i would give myself this advice right <laughs> right now even is like you have to write, even if you think it's so stupid, it's a dumb idea, you have to just write. And even if you can do like, um, people say like a little bit each day, but seriously, like anything, anything you can do, even if it's like not even a sketch, like if you think it's just like a funny idea or something, write it down and like, see what, like find out what your voice you find out that's how you find out what your voice is. And like, I'll look back at some of the writing I did. Like, even when I was like going back to find out what my first sketch was, I went back and like looked at some of my writing and I'm like, it is so, some of it's like not bad. <laughs> and I like look back and I'm like, I remember writing this or like, I remember being inspired by this thing and you kind of like realize, oh, I, yeah, like, these are the kind of things I was like experiencing each day. And that's what like made me want to write this. And you kind of like these ideas that I would like never think of now, I look back and I'm like, Oh man, I wrote this on my like scratch pad or whatever. And that's kind of like a funny idea. And it's so easy to just like think of a, think of a thing and be like, eh, like whatever. That's just like dumb to write. But if you just like make something out of it, you get so much better you get so much better at it and it's so hard to like also once you're part of a team uh this is like jumping ahead a little bit too but even if like someone's part of a group or part of a team or, or whatever um and you like have an idea that you're not so sure of or or, or you even like going to classes you started taking classes like no idea is bad like just you cannot be afraid to like bring whatever idea you have to class because guaranteed, um, someone's going to see that idea. They might have like, oh, you know what? That's funny. Like, that reminds me of this. People are going to build on it. Your teacher is going to have advice for you. It does not have to be good right off the bat. Mm. You know? It's so easy to be like, this is not funny. I'm embarrassed to like bring this in. You don't have to be like a... You're not going to bring your best work the first day of sketch writing, you know, or even like your yeah. 800th day, like the shows that get put up each week on Saturday night live, like even some of those don't work. And like, those are the best of the best. And those sketches have been like worked on some of those. Yeah. Like they are writing them that week, but like, these are sketches that are like, this is their job. You can't like compare yourself to like writers who have been doing it forever. And like, um, whatever it's you're you're just gonna get better yeah one of the things that like to further what you're saying it was like when i changed my mindset that my first draft has to be good instead of and now thinking that my first draft is a jumping off point for making this better is a vastly like 
more healthy way of thinking about it. Holy crap. You are so right. That is like the main thing to remember, like when you're actually like in the process of writing or like starting or whatever is like, no one's going to like watch you write this first. Like no one's watching you in that moment. You can just write whatever you think it is. Don't like be embarrassed about like (laughs) if it's actually funny in that moment, just like write. And then you can always like go back and take a look at what you've done. But if you haven't, if you stop before you're, you've written anything, you have nothing to, you have nothing to improve upon. Yeah. Uh, from soccer to public health <laughs> to comedy, why is comedy how you spend your free time? Why, why is this what you pursue uh, with your life now? Like, oh my God. Why comedy? That's a great question. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know. Um, but, I think the um, something some, something sparked the first improv class I took, um, and I I I knew that like this was this was me. This was like th- nothing had ever felt more like this is this is where I need to need to be. And, and I think that was just like reinforced the more I took classes, the more I did stuff in the comedy community. Not that like anything was like groundbreakingly like great that I did, but it just felt like I, I know that like, this is, this is like my community. And then I think like the more I did it, the more I just like wanted more. Um, And I think, with like writing stuff like there there's a point you can get to in any place you're at where like you've sort of hit the everything you're going to accomplish in that place until you go to like the place where that stuff is getting made what I'm trying to say is like I think if you realize you want to pursue comedy it's going to be hard to do it if you're not in LA New York and Chicago as a career um yeah and I think like a lot of my friends are even doing like awesome stuff in Detroit there's so there's more that I could have accomplished in Detroit people are making web series you can you can do that anywhere if that's if that's what you want to do go for it. But I think I hit a point and it was also very influenced by my boyfriend at the time. He was boyfriend at the time. It's still James. It was James then. It's still currently. <laughs> I guess my boyfriend, James, at the time was a working actor. He wanted more. I think that sort of also influenced me. Like we, we were like getting kind of inspired together. I think at first, like we were like, I knew I always wanted to move to Chicago and once I started taking improv classes, I was like, sweet. Then at some point, I think I'm going to move to Chicago and do um, IO and Second City and stuff there. Um, and then I think, like, there was sort of a conversation that happened. And I think at that point, I was still, like, I would still have a 9-to-5 job. And I would just kind of do what I'm doing, but in Chicago, because that would just be mm-hmm. the logical next step. And I think there was sort of a, a conversation with us where it was like, it's possible to do this as a career. It's possible to make money 
um, being an artist and, um, or at least doing like arts and comedy related things. And it's not going to happen in Detroit, unfortunately. Um, but where it will happen is, uh, in New York or LA and sometimes, uh, in Chicago. And I think that was sort of like the, the decision, like, let's go, let's go try this. Um, and make, make it, change it from like a hobby to a career. And I'm still, it's not, I'm still not like, you know, (laughs) making a living off of uh, doing, doing comedy, but it's like that stuff gets so much closer in um, New York and places like that. Uh, And yeah, at the end of the day, like all my answers have been, 55 minutes long and I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's that's But at right. the end of the day like I I love comedy. It's what makes me happy. I think it like gave me an outlet and I think like it it's where I feel like I have I can like put these things in my head that like in no other place can I come out. You know? Mm. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Thanks, Julia. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been so fun. You can see Julia doing improv with the cast at the Magnet Theater in New York City on January 26th and then doing sketch with Perfect Storm on January 28th at 7.30 p.m. and February 4th at 10 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. For tickets and more information on those shows, you can head to magnettheater.com. Follow Julia on Twitter at J Schroeder, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-04, and like the Parent Trap Lord of the Twins Trilogy on Facebook at facebook.com slash Parent Trap Trilogy. My first sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketch Fest on Instagram at Philly Sketch Fest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.